0: How's everybody doing? It's been a while. I don't like literally. I use the same notebook, and I think I haven't been here like and actually talked to you guys since like last Christmas because I was pulling up your pages from like Christmas message. I'm like, that's awesome. So thank you. I'm Laurie, and I'm excited about hanging out with you guys today. Uh, Let's let's pray. Father God, I thank you for everyone that is here this morning. I thank you for just your word. I thank you for that you give us an abundant life, and we get to talk about you today, and we get to talk about this abundant life and what it looks like. And Lord, we would have ears to hear you, and our, our minds would understand what you're saying, and our eyes would see you, and our hearts would just be full of um, your presence today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I'm going to be talking a little bit, um, I don't have any scriptures that are going to be up here, so I'm just old school in it, um, because what happens is I never quite know what I'm going to say and where I'm going to go, I just kind of have a general idea. But I'm going to do a little bit of who, what, where, and why statements, okay? So I'm going to be talking about some scriptures that have been pretty prominent in, in my life in the last, I don't know, five months, six months, something like that. And so, um, let's start with who, okay? Who? Who, who, gets, who gets you? Who, Whose are we? Who gets who? What's this all about, you know? So, I'm going to read this. Um, in Matthew 22, starting with 15, so the Pharisees, they were the religious leaders, went and plotted how to entangle him, talking about Jesus, in his words. So they sent their disciples along with the Herodians and saying, Teacher, we know you are true and teach the way of God truthfully. And you do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances. Now, when you read that right there in in American terminology, we'll say it like this, you don't care about what anybody has to say. You don't care. You say whatever you want to say. That's really not what they're saying. They're saying, you don't care about anyone's opinion for you are not swayed by appearances. That's talking about how Jesus treated people. He wasn't swayed by how people appeared, whether they were rich or just destitute, whether they had like just scales of legions over their body with leprosy or that they came in royal rural apparel. It was love, okay? Tell us then what you think. Tell us what you think. So, sometimes people don't want to know your truth until they know you love them and care about them so like they knew Jesus was truth and they knew he wasn't swayed by other things that other people were swayed by he was different so tell us then what do you think you want to know what someone thinks when they're not swayed you know and is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not but Jesus aware of their malice so he knew they were just playing they were just trying to flatter him a little bit. say a little bit, and try to get him to side with, because either way, he was, he was, they're trying to set him up. So who do you pay taxes to, Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, says this, why put me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me that coin. And so they brought him a coin, they brought him a Daenerys, and Jesus said, whose, whose likeness is on it? Whose inscriptions is this? And they said, Caesar's. And Jesus said, then, then he said to them, therefore, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and the God the things that are God's. And when they heard it, they marveled and they just went away. So it's just brilliant, just brilliant the way Jesus isn't entrapped by what they were trying to entrap him in. But he really gets right to the point of who we are, who we are and what this is about. He says, show me that coin. They bring this coin and it's stamped with Caesar's face on it. And he's like, so Jesus, by looking at what we value, this stamped face of Caesar, he puts all truth in perspective by saying, okay, who's on there? And they're like, it's Caesar. And Jesus says, who's on your life? Who are you inscribed in? Who are you marked with? In Genesis 1 verse 4, it says, God Almighty says, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. We are image bearers. We are marked with the inscription of God upon our lives. We are made in his image, in his image, in his likeness is marked on our lives. So give to Caesar. What's Caesar? This currency down here, but God gets our life. This down here, Jesus put it in perspective. This, give it to Caesars. I'm not going to have a conversation about it, but who's on you? Who, who's are you? What are you inscribed in? So this freed me so much in the turbulent world that we live in. And I'm just passing this over to you in hopes that maybe you'll feel the same way. Because I'm not trying to, like, manipulate you or persuade you. I'm just telling you, this is what God said to me. When I got that, I stepped into a place of complete freedom. I'm like, oh, oh, I get it. I don't have to give this world, this government, this, this world here, this currency of this system gets my, gets my money, gets my taxes, gets, but God gets my life. He gets my life. That's the value. That's true value. You are the treasure. You. We are made in his So then, jumped over to another scripture. Let's go, we did the who. Whose you are. Who gets you? Who gets you? God gets you. He gets, your li- get, gets our life. What? Let's do the what. Well, what remains? What are you leaving? So, are we leaving our stuff or are we leaving a legacy? Okay? Legacy is what mark you leave on the world when you are long and gone. What remains? So, in Luke 12, 13... Again, Jesus doesn't talk about this system's currency. He talks about that kingdom's currency. So someone in the crowd said to him, Jesus is walking through the city, and somebody in the crowd yells, Hey, teacher, tell my brother to divide my inheritance with me. So it's like Jesus is teaching, like, Hey, my brother is ripping me off, which could have been true. I mean, how many? Let's talk about it. I mean, when people die, the ugly can come out, right? Like, Hey, that ring was supposed to go to me. It was supposed to be passed down to my kids. And my brother has, and he won't give it to me. And you know what Jesus says? He said, man, and in the message it says, hey, mister, uh, who made me judge and, or arbitrator over you? Um, I would have said, like, God? Like, you ever hear people say, like, yeah, who, who made you judge over me? Who Like, but Jesus could really say, like, who made me judge and arbitrator? Like, like, your dad? nobody says that they're just like okay he says and he said to them take care and be on your guard against all covetousness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions so he doesn't even talk about what's happening down here that kid that that brother could have been completely ripping off his other brother and Jesus is like I'm not your judge or arbitrator not about this stuff not about this stuff but about true possessions, true, true abundance. So life, uh, one's life, our life doesn't consist of abundance of possessions. So he tells them the story. So there was a land of, this is so today, and so kind of America and probably other countries. I don't want to be yelling at us, but anyhow, you'll, you'll see yourself in here. I know I did. Um, so the land of a rich man produced plentifully, and he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. I got all this stuff. This is awesome. And he said, I will tear this down. I'll tear down my barns, and I'm going to build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods. Man, retire. Gosh, this is awesome. For many years, you can just relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, This night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for him and is not rich towards God. So again, we're not talking about here. We're talking about what are you leaving? We're talking about the legacy. We're talking about what's true, what your life really means. And so, is this not typical of us? I mean, listen, guys. I can relate to this because I literally am figuring out how I have tons of stuff. We all have stuff. I just got stuff. So now I'm going to go out and build a building outside my house so I can take my stuff that's inside my house and put it in my outside building and get that full of stuff so I can come back in and get more stuff. There's actually businesses, we make money off of businesses for people to make, just take random garages, like just random, let's put a bunch of random people's, let's we'll put garages right here and then we'll put locks on them and we'll just charge people and all I gotta do is keep their stuff. Put up a cheap camera and some lights and I make 50 bucks a month on just holding somebody's stuff. Sometimes they forget about their stuff and then I just open up that stuff and I sell their stuff. So then I make lots of money on people's stuff. We put our stuff outside for people to come buy our stuff so they can put their stuff, my stuff in their house and call it their stuff. And none of that's gonna remain. I don't want anybody's kitty cat ceramic collection when they die. I mean, you all might want that. I don't want that. You know, are we leaving our stuff or are we leaving a legacy? You know, what are we leaving? What are we leaving? Okay, let me jump to the next thing. Let's the where. So, the what is, what are you leaving? Are you leaving your stuff? Your kitty cat collection, ceramic kitty cats, they might be valuable. Or are you leaving your legacy, your mark, the inscription of God Almighty upon your life? Are you leaving a deposit of that here? Because that's not going to go away. And this is why. Where your treasure is, your heart will be. So farther down in that scripture, you should check it out. It's Luke 12. And and once you get past what he tells about the guy that had stuff, um, it goes on to um, talk about not being anxious. What kind of treasures are you leaving? Um, and then it goes all the way down to, oh, you of little faith, and um, do not seek what you are to eat or what you're, you drink, nor to be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things. Isn't that the truth? All the nations seek after that stuff. We're no different if we're seeking it too. And your father knows what you need. Instead, seek his kingdom and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Don't wait for the kingdom, guys. The kingdom's already here. It's within us. It's Jesus within us. We're the ho- Christ in us is the hope of the world around us. Um, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourself money bags that do not grow old, with treasure in heaven that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So our heart leaves a money trail, right? Wherever you're, Whatever you're putting your time into, whatever you're giving your attention to, whatever you're focused on, that's where your money's going to go. That's where your treasure is going to go. That's where you're, eventually I'll find your heart there you know and if we're putting all of our time and energy and toil to collect more things and have more stuff or do this and not the true treasure which are other image bearers we're missing what life is what true treasure is all that stuff's going to go and there's no, you can't control your when you're even going to die I can't tell you how many times I have heard this story of people who are, are just lovely people who have worked uh, 50, 40, 60, 80 hours a week and they retire and within months pass away. It happens a lot. I'm not sure why, but it happens a lot. And Jesus was telling us that with that guy. He's like, he calls that foolish. It's foolish to live in this kingdom, in this world system, in this currency, and forget the fellow image-bearers that are around us. Um, there's a, a gentleman that I'm, I'm working with, um, he and his wife, and they were telling a story that um, he became a pretty successful businessman, and he and his wife chose to just do this tie thing where they just give their money away, pretty much. And I'm sure they're invested in the markets and, and other areas, because he's pretty savvy business guy, but they have chosen to also invest in people. And he has had a huge influence. And one of the things he says, he's like, yep, we haven't left the house that we lived in for 40 years. So he wasn't like bragging about like they lives in a little shack or anything. He's like, my house is nice, but we just, we didn't tear that down to build something bigger. We looked for where we could put our treasure and true treasure lasts long before nothing can take it. No rust, no moth, nothing, no creepy little bug. Um, so let's talk about the fact that um, it's never. Let's do the why. I wasn't going to go to that yet. Let's do the why. Why it's never too late. So the who is who's we are. Who we are. What are we inscribed in? We're image bearers. The what is what are you leaving behind? Your stuff or your legacy? And where's your treasure? What's the what's the heart? What's the trail to your heart? What's what, what is it a money trail? What, what, what's happening there? Where's your heart? Where do you spend most of your time? Where do you spend most of your money? Where do you spend most of your resources? What are you doing? That's the where, and the why is it's never too late. I don't know about you, but I always like to know that it, it's never too late. As long as you are here, breathing, and existing on this planet Earth. It is never too late. First Peter says this. Let me find it. I don't know what I did with it. Okay, well, I think here it is. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one of you use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. It's never too late because we all have gifts to give. We are salt and light in this world. Salt and light. So, and first of all, let me just say this. We're an older population and that is awesome. That is awesome because the younger generation needs you. They're not going to stand here and maybe say that because we have to go out and find them and get them, but they, they need you. And when you get with them, they know they need that. So we're salt and light. Everywhere we go, we should be able to influence the atmosphere around us, okay? But too much salt can make you really ill. So sometimes I think we can get... We're salt and light, and sometimes I think we bring a little bit, we can bring, we can, me, bring too much salt. There's like a, I don't know, like a little bit of a, like a finesse to being a really good chef with your flavors, you know? Same with, I mean, it should flavor and it should preserve. The same thing with light. Nobody wants to be spotlighted in the face, right? Right? But sometimes the world can look so dark and scary that we're like, I gotta bring my spotlight, shh! You know? And I'm like, I can't, what, what, what just happened? Okay, but light is warm. Light is inviting. Lighting, light says, hey, come over here with my light and just show a little bit, like right here. So I have a friend of mine and he recently joined a fraternity just so he could be salt and light. So he, he goes to this fraternity With his little, like, how many know that when it's pitch black out, even the dimmest little tea light produces awesome light, right? So he took his little tea light, and he went into a really dark place. Never even told them that he was a Christian. Just, it came up in conversation, they're talking, and, you know, around the keg, probably. I don't know what they're doing there. Fraternity stuff. I mean, they do some service stuff too. I mean, they're not like complete heathen like they do nice things for people, but still, like the atmosphere is not like you know Sunday school, okay? So he finds himself just talking to people, and now he's leading a Bible study in a fraternity, and people just come up to me, come up to him, and they're like, "You're the you're that religious guy, right?" I mean, this kid couldn't be farther from that terminology than ever okay but because his light is shining and it's dark they see it I've had the same thing happen I don't know if you guys know this I'm a I am the official East Fairmont Middle School assistant volleyball coach that's right and I don't know anything about it and all my team knows it they teach me they're like this is how you serve coach they call me coach P this is how you serve coach P I'm like, do that again? How do you do that? Like, I'm not even teaching them anything. Other than, you got this. Go, play your game. That's my little statement. Play your game. Do you. Like, that's what I say. I'm just encouraging them. But, what I'm finding is now they're coming up and asking me other things. About other things. About other stuff. Because I'm just like a little, dim little flashlight trying to hang out with these little middle school girls. But there's a life now that has come awake because I'm shining, because I'm salt, and I'm light, and we are salt, and we are light, and everywhere we go, we can sprinkle a little bit. Amen? And it's never too late. So when, I want to go back to it's never too late. We all have gifts. Every single one of you in here has gifts, okay? Okay? Every single one. I know somebody, and I'm not going to call them out because it would embarrass them. I know somebody that has the gift of just compassion, mercy. If someone is, if somebody stubbed their toe on Wednesday, they would remember it. And they'd be like, I hope their toe's okay. And I'm like, what toe? They stubbed their toe. Didn't you know that they got hurt the other day? I'm like, oh, no, I didn't. have no clue they got hurt the other day. Yeah, they said that in the car. I missed it completely. I'm going to write them a card and send it and help them get better. I mean, that's a gift. That is a gift. And a lot of time, our, because gifts come natural to us, we think everybody has that gift. They think everybody wants to write a card to somebody. That's the last thing I want to do. Like, I don't like writing cards. I don't know why. I think I have kind of an understanding why I don't. But I'm just not a big card person. Um, but I'd love to have a conversation, have some coffee with you. But there, so that's a gift, okay? The gifts that we have, we think they're not gifts because it comes so easy to us. So let me go to prayer. Therefore, be alert, sober-minded that you may pray. Prayer, prayer is something that we've become very casual with. And I'll be honest, I kind of have, sometimes I get a little cynical about it. Because I've prayed for a lot of things deep in my soul. And it didn't turn out the way that I thought it would. And so, a lot of times, I think we just be like, I'll, "I'm praying for you." No, you're not. You might be, but sometimes I'll be like, "Let's." I'll pray for you, and I kind of say like a little prayer, but I don't really pray. And I'm realizing that that is something that is valuable of my time. I'm storing up treasure in heaven when I pray. So I was going to encourage you guys today. What is the local like? The way that we can, the way that we can use our gifts is so easy that it's scary that we don't so like if you love to cook find someone that loves to eat and give away your gift i have a bunch of college students that love to eat you can give them food every friday evening they would love it if you volunteer pray Your gift is, if if you have an elderly spouse or a family member or something, you laying down your life to go over and serve them, put socks on their feet or whatever you're doing is a gift and that is beautiful and that you're giving yourself away to somebody, another image bearer. Yeah, it's your spouse and you might feel obligated, but not really. There are even places that not only can we put our stuff, but we can put our people Like, I'm not going to take care of this. I'm going to put that, my person's stuff, and I'm going to find a place to put them. Maybe go see them every now and then so I don't feel too guilty. So what's the nearest nursing home to you? Is there a nursing home a couple streets away or maybe a half a mile? We can pray for them. You you might not. So I forgot this one point that I wanted to say, but apparently I'm not supposed to say it. But what are you selling out to? Like what are you giving your, what are you selling out to and what are you willing to give away? Are you willing to give away your life for the kingdom that nev- nev- no rust or moth can take away? What are you willing to send? Are you willing to send prayers, maybe some cards to a nursing home? Are you willing to pray for the local high school in your area? Maybe, what's the closest middle school to you? What's the closest elementary school? Send your prayers. There are people that will even go. You can even send your resources, finances to people that will go into those places. Where, so I just want to encourage you, it's never too late. You have gifts to give. You have prayers that can be prayed. Prayer is something that I sometimes would get discouraged about because of unanswered prayers, or they didn't look not unanswered prayers. they didn't look like I thought they should look. Because, of course, I know more than everybody, you know. And so, but what I'm finding is, when I care about what God cares about, other image bearers, when I care about what true treasure is, then he and I can have a conversation about it. i can mean, be like, man, my heart, I, I woke up the other day, and I haven't felt like this before ever, and my heart was burdened for East Fairmont High School. Like, I woke up thinking, oh my gosh, I got to get there somebody's got to go to that school I don't even know why but I felt that and so I had a conversation because you know what he's the one that cares about that so he and I had this conversation when you have a conversation about what the father cares about and it becomes the same thing that you care about that kind of conversation is called prayer and that's sacred that's between you and him, and now you carrying the same things he cares about, you care about. But if I'm worried about my stuff and all that, I, I'm, I'm doing this kind of and I'm not doing this, and I'm forgetting about the treasure. Amen. Um, so one thing, just so you think I'm not, so that I, you can relate to what I'm saying. So I used to drive past Fairmont State College all the time and never even think about that place. Except when I went to Risa and Matt's wedding. It was nice there. Thank you. Other than that, I never even thought about that place. Never. I drove past there every day for years. Never thought about that place. But somebody was thinking about that place. And for some reason, I don't know why, tapped me on the shoulder about it. And yesterday, I'm sitting on a homecoming float, going down the streets of Fairmont, throwing candy to people. With some some Fairmont State College people, we had our first official Young Life float, and I'm throwing candy out. And the funniest thing was, I'm going through the town, and I'm thinking, <laughs> I remember a day that I drove past this college, and I never even thought about it. Now I'm sitting on a homecoming float on a hay bale, in the rain, passing out candy, and I don't know why, but it's awesome because we're giving our life away. So just so you know, there were there was a time that I didn't do that either. Okay. But when it's time, when God will come and tap you on the shoulder. And he'll be like, hey, let's have a sacred connection conversation right now. See that place? You want to go there? I'm like, not really. Well, just go there one day for me. Okay. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I do want to go here. She said, I told you. I knew you'd like it. Yeah. Hey, bake, bake that cake for, for her oh, I'm so tired. I don't really feel like baking that cake. No, just try. All right, I'll get the mix out and and take it to their house. And, and they're like light up and you get in the car and you're like, wow, that was cool. I didn't know that. He's like, yeah, I knew they needed a cake. We got to do it together. That's what he's inviting us to. Yeah, you could you could just be a teacher, Matt, and go to school and Get the heck out of there at 2.30 or 3 o'clock and go home. But you don't. You stick around. You talk to kids. Some of you use your gift where you are and when you can. Because you got gifts to give. You have a life to give away. Send people. Go yourself. You don't know you what well, you don't know till you know. So you don't know you need it until you're there with it. And then you're like, oh, I get you now. hmm I didn't even want to come to this place. And now look at me. I'm sitting on a hay bale going around. Waving to people and throwing candy. Singing Country Roads and Sweet Caroline. So it's an invitation. I'm going to pray. But it's an invitation that the Father says, Hey, do do you want to get connected with what I'm connected to? Do you want to go love other image bearers? Honestly, God, I just pray that we would look at people not as our enemies, but just fellow image bearers that we can love. We can love enough that they want to hear what we have to say. We can love enough that we can point them to the truth. We can, we can turn on our tea light. We can salt a little bit. God, I pray in this world that's kind of brutal right now that we would shine like bright, beautiful, warm tea lights all over this area. That we would go. That you'd say, hey, who can I send? You can send us, we'll go. We'll go or we'll send people we know to go. So I thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Those serving communion, come on and prepare that. Commitment. Commitment. A commitment, the legacy of your life. What are you going to leave behind? Your stuff or legacy? How many of you have experienced the reach? A new, over the last season, uh, what what Laurie's been talking about, that the Lord developed her so that her reach would be extended farther farther beyond herself. He's doing that in us now. Uh, Let's go ahead and... uh, pass out the the bread take one and till all are served if you'd hold it in hand there we're going to receive communion together when Jesus sat down with his disciples that at the last supper he was declaring to them his next step of the reach of his life. And that next step was a complete total commitment to their salvation through his body and through the shedding of his blood, the giving of his life. And Jesus is declaring his commitment. And when Jesus gets inside of you begins to show you that your life is bigger than you and that the reach of your life goes beyond what you thought it would be isn't it amazing that the Lord transitions or transforms your thinking to go beyond what's just your concerns to the concerns of others that's when we begin to look more like him, isn't it? In one kind of a abstract way because Jesus said he was the bread of life and he comes to give spiritual nourishment he also wants you and I to show up in people's lives with the nourishment of his life. And what that can look like is real simple. It's one anointed act of service that the Lord directed you to do. And it has this impact. It has a residual effect long after you're gone. In this room right now, every single person at one point or another had an encounter with another person where there was a spiritual impartation or substance of life or something that happened, and it marked you, and in that you knew that there is one who's committed to you that you can turn to. Is that right? Let's just lift our heads. If you would close your eyes just for a moment. As your eyes are closed, just see yourself at the table with Jesus around the disciples there. And you're there and he says takes a portion of the bread and he break, breaks it there he says this this bread is my body it's my body and you're going to be nourished by who i am the rest of your life and i'm making a commitment to you that my body and all that's in it is now yours. Completely yours. Everything that, every thought that I've had, every good deed that I've done, every way that I've been submitted to the Holy Spirit, every way that I've portrayed the Father's love, I now put that inside of you. This is the covenant. You're the image bearer of who I am let's praise the Lord right now we're stepping into a new season we're stepping into a new day and the Lord's going to activate gifts in the room and cause there to be a touch come through your life and a greater legacy be released and inside you're saying amen Lord amen Lord use me me, but, but we never do that outside of his empowerment and his leading. And so, as we partake of the bread, we say, I receive all that you give me, all of it in Jesus' name. Let's receive because you cannot give away what you haven't received. So, we receive first, we receive of Jesus. Come on with the cup. Let's hold that for a... When you get it, hold it for a minute. The Holy Spirit is still active in the room. You know, we, we're not done here. There's a deposit of things that's going on. Lori, I want to thank you deeply for that clarifying word. Because you and I are not coming to represent ourselves. We come in the name of another. We come in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, as a pastor, you study stuff. You study the Word. You try to figure out things. You need God's help. I don't know if I'll ever forget the moment I realized that the concept of forgiveness is found in one place. The epicenter of the fountain of forgiveness that started in the planet and goes on into eternity one place is through a sacrificial death of Jesus Christ and he released the power of forgiveness into the planet and every person who turns to him and by His wooing. You don't turn to God unless He woos you. Unless He reaches, softens, draws you, pulls you in, causes you to have your heart begin to search out. He puts all that together because we're radically rebellious orphans, everyone. And we want our own way until it kills us except for his mercy that comes looking because we don't have the answers but then the power of forgiveness shows up and chains that held a person a lifetime bruises, wounds, hurts hindrances, hangups everything you can imagine that has been a bother and a wound and a hurt and a clutching the chain, whatever you want to call it, one moment in the presence of Jesus Christ with the power of the blood of Jesus Christ comes. And the Holy Spirit says, just by sheer miracle power, the blood comes. and erases and removes, heals, restores, completely overthrows every foul thing that you open to, every work of darkness that you actually labored in are suddenly gone. Instantly gone. And then you come back to the table and he says, there's some bruises that are still left from all the scarring of the things you did wrong. There is a whole swath of the church that has hurt People in themselves over and over and over simply by being religious having to be right according to the Bible and missing the heart of Father God and forgiveness comes and begins to reorient while wow, the one who, who really knows the truth is the one that's the most forgiving He's the fountain of forgiveness. So when you've done something to yourself and you're mad at yourself and you're impatient with yourself and you somehow pull up some kind of disappointment over your lack of discipline in an area of your soul and you hold yourself in judgment and you hide it which is a good religious person but it hurts you inside and kills you and makes you judgmental and holds you back and Jesus comes with a revelation you're not going to be able to ever serve me the way you want to until you give every hurtful thing inside of you to me. And as I cleanse you to the core of who you are, you're going to find out you can't serve me anyway without my help. And I'm going to help you, but you're going to come to rely on me in a way that you never have before. And I'm going to take you deeper. And I'm going to cleanse you to the core and to every, every generational thing that's held you back. Everything that was hurtful in the very beginnings of your life. Every misshapen step I'm going to resolve for you. But first I'm going to start just like this. Guess what? I forgive you. And my blood was poured out to break every, every chain that locks you up every open up every prison door that you've made your own from yourself every single thing and this is what i love i just when you start forgiving the people who hurt you the kingdom of god has come when you start forgiving the way you've been forgiven the kingdom is manifesting so lift, uh, lift up our cups to the king of glory Would you go ahead and praise him right now just before we take the sip. Let's go ahead and put Thanksgiving on our lips. Let it pour out to him right now that the fountain of forgiveness, the person of Jesus, as he declared, this is my blood. This is the cup of the new covenant given for you. Take and drink and I'm going to transform your life. Some of you right now, even in this moment. See, here's the thing. This is the amazing thing. The Lord knows everything that's going on at all times. You don't. That's why just one sip of this stuff, suddenly issues are resolved that you didn't realize were even accumulating. He gives you a freedom. How many of you need to to keep hell at bay from just the torments of your own mind just by the sheer power of this cup? The sheer power of the cup of Jesus. It's wonderful. Let's go ahead and praise him for every sin has been forgiven. Every sin has been forgiven. Let's praise him. Every sin forgiven. Love covers a multitude of sins. multitude of sins. Go ahead and partake. Partake, partake. They're coming down with the baskets. Go ahead and put your cup in the basket and pass them down. Let's go ahead and uh, stand together in the presence of the Lord just for a... Let me pray this. Father God, I want to thank you that you've come and you've put your hand in our hand. And you're leading us. Just whisper to him and say, thank you, Lord, for taking my hand and leading me. I want to thank your thoughts. I want to see what you see. I want to hear your voice. I want to do what you empower me to do freely with courage and gratitude. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We have a few uh, pastoral helpers that are going to be down here, down front. If you want further prayer agreement, we're going to do that now. We're going to go ahead and dismiss. How many of you feel that the, or sense that the Holy Spirit has met you today? Praise you, Lord.